0: The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesCred, the app that helps salespeople discover why they miss quota and what to do about it. Find out more at SalesCred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Hey, Lee, have you ever heard of the Trusted Edge Leadership Institute? I believe you have because, boy, you really wanted our guest today, and I'm so thrilled. I, I sure
0: it. did. And, and obviously, you know, this is one of my favorite topics, having written a book on sales credibility. So uh, I believe credibility is a precursor or a prerequisite to trust. And so that's what we're all going to hear about today is trust, and particularly how trust is absolutely Uh, a requirement then for for leaders and for managers and, and, and direct supervisors of all types.
1: Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. Thanks for listening. My name is Audrey Strong. I'm Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel.
0: And I'm Celie Smith. I am the founder and CEO of SalesFuel.
1: And so this gentleman not only speaks your jam, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's just a wonk. David Horsager is the CEO of the Trust Edge Leadership Institute and a global authority on building high-trust teams and organizations where people can perform at their best and get measurable results. David is the trust expert in residence at High Point University, inventor of the Enterprise Trust Index, he'll explain what that is, director of a global study, the Trust Outlook, and a Wall Street Journal bestselling author of The Trust Edge, The Daily Edge, and his latest release is called Trusted Leader. David, thanks for coming today. We sure appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much. It's great to be here.
1: All right. So we wanted to start off with what is the definition of trust, your definition?
2: our definition you know you could put a lot of things together people can say oh it's it's consistency it's dependability it's safety a lot of words can be synonyms to a degree but the way we define it out of the institute is trust is a confident belief in a person product or an organization when i can confidently believe in you everything changes and that was the the first half of the research showed how when trust went up when we were confident then that's when we dealt with attrition engagement sales retention mm-hmm. leadership all those kind of things so a confident belief and by the way, for good or bad, I can I can trust you, you know, um, I can confidently believe in you to be late because you're late all the time. Mm-hmm. Or I can yeah. confidently, you know, good or bad. So uh, com- I trust, but trust is the root cause and, uh, you know, affects the bottom line more than anything else.
0: Well, you even talk about how uh, trust is like the number one, uh, according to your research, the number one thing when it comes to retention. You want to talk some more about
2: that? I believe it. And it can, you know, our, our global study, very significant, you know, piece every year, trust outlook. And, uh, we found that the, the, core to retention, the core to so many things when you actually get at it. I mean, you know, I, I argue this, it's never a leadership issue. The reason you follow a leader not as trust, it's not a sales issue. The reason people buy is them to do with trust. It's not an innovation issue. When the team trusts each other, they share ideas. It's always comes back to that. So number one reason over the last several years, for example, in first world countries, people want to work for an organization is trusted leadership and the number one reason people leave an organization or the number one re, uh, driver of retention is increasing trust.
0: Right, and we our research, of course, obviously points back to the direct supervisor, the manager problems with totally. with, with them. But the number one tr- problem is trust. It's either micromanagement or it's fairness in work assignments or promises made, but not kept. You know, It, it all really revolves around trust. So I, I you know, believe the two things are, are, are similar there.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, what I see to that point a little bit is, is um, people say they want to have trust and they say, well, should I have accountability? I know compassion is a pillar of trust. I see actually no accountability or unhealthy accountability. We do need healthy accountability, um, compassionate, but real genuine accountability to, uh, you know, uh, in, in, to have high trust cultures.
1: So you probably work with all different types of organizations. I mean, I what what is the, re, under the reasonable person test, what is a reasonable or average length of time it takes a leader to build trust?
2: I mean. Well, in one way, you know, we're working with organizations ongoing, but a lot of, but just to 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 give a little spark to the message here, a lot of your trust is built and lost in a moment. You know, we think it takes a long time to build trust. And in the first book I wrote about how, you know, the sequoia trees, thousand years old, whatever, hundred, you know you know, a thousand feet high and all this and it takes a long time to build. And yet, if we remember that year, the camp, fi- uh, the camper that burned down the sequoias, I mean, you know, in a touch of carelessness, you can burn a whole forest down. But as I've looked at it deeper, you know, a whole lot of trust is actually built and lost in a moment. You, you, you think of when is your opportunity the fastest? You, when is your opportunity to build trust the fastest? People might think it's first interaction and first interaction is critical, but it's not the fastest. Your fastest opportunity to build trust is in crisis. You got a Mm -hmm. pandemic, you got some change, you got blockchain whipping the world upside down, you got people ticked off at you, you got people throwing chairs in boardrooms, you have an incredible opportunity to build trust faster than ever before if your customers are mad at you. But it's how you respond. You can also lose it faster than ever in crisis. Mm -hmm. When was Mm -hmm. George W. Bush the most trusted as president? The week Mm -hmm. after 9-11. How we respond in crisis matters more than ever as far as speed to trust. But uh, to your earlier point, You know, trust, it can be built fast or lost uh, fast. That's an overarching. As far as our work with organizations, we're in organizations. um, If you're really trying to, we believe, build a high performing culture built on trust, then it takes time now. We had one massive organization that you all know, say they gained 11% market share in one year using this work. We had one, our first, right after my grad work, when we used this in an organization, this is when we knew we had something, you know, a couple decades ago. And um, this organization said, they saved a small organization, 600 people. They were bleeding attrition, 14 uh, health clinics. And they said they, um, they, Save two to four million in attrition costs in nine months when they started wow. creating a common language of real trust. So so you know, now it can take a lot longer. We're we're dealing with corruption issues in East Africa that have been around for hundreds of years. We're dealing with pro sports teams issues, we're dealing with it, it it depends. But you can actually do something about it. The work of trust, the great thing about it is it's the work that actually leads to real change. It's not mm-hmm. the cover-up, it's not this thing of get quick, rit- get rich quick. It's a, it's the real work that actually can drive something. Even if it drives it slowly, it's driving the real.
0: So you mentioned the pandemic. And during the pandemic, we, we've all been forced into work from home. And now it's like now we have sort of like a hybrid type of work environment. And you say that the number one thing that helps people succeed in a virtual work environment is the ability to trust your employer. Yes. And so my question is, is that how is that possible when – So many times the employer doesn't show they trust the employee, whether it be stuff like monitoring keystrokes or listening on phone conversations or checking to see if they're at their desk or anything like that. So what advice can you give the managers then for, you know, building the, the employee's ability to trust them?
2: Well, first of all, I can put my feet in both shoes. I, I think mm. both sides have a really, it can really judge the other and I don't agree with keystrokes and putting something under your bun So we know if you stood up or not, <laughs> but, um, but on the other hand, um, you know, there's been plenty of employees that ripped off managers and ripped off mm-hmm. companies and did just go walk their dog all day and quiet quit and not do anything. So I think it's unfair. There's a lot of people that have moved, you know, a lot of times we have pendulums that move both ways And consulting. It's way over here and it's this and it's way over here and it's this. And it's like, oh, those, you know, it's, it's now it's really moved toward the employee, but the employees have been as corrupted and ripped people off as the managers have. So you have to work on this together. And So for for you asked the point about managers. The managers that have that I have done well uh, that have done well in in remote, I believe have really thought about a you know there's eight pillars of trust. You know they don't spit out of research as pillars. They're they're um you know key characteristics of trust or whatever. But they they've really focused on the um, connection pillar. People want to connect. Human connection still matters with the commitment or contribution pillar which is you actually have to get results you actually have to have healthy accountability so um you you have to mix these because we actually can't just say okay now it's all about the employee and it's just connect and give them every possible benefit and they'll work their life for you some of them actually get every possible benefit and they don't and on the other hand, you have leaders that are micromanaging and are like, you, you got to check in and call me every hour and they're getting, ki- you know, those employees are getting killed. So it is a mix. This is the complexity, you know, just to give a fun little complexity of trust thing. We think, oh, trust it. So it's just, I, I've had people say, oh, it's just transparency. No, some of your kids are so transparent on social media. I don't trust them for a second because it's also <laughs> confidentiality. So we have these mixed, trust is more complex than we might think. And it's building very nuanced. It- yeah. Building it takes work, and that's why it takes both accountability and connection to have healthy work from home. And we have frameworks for all that, but they're a little much for this short time. We
0: have. <laughs> right. Well, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is, is is absolutely critical for managers and leaders of all types, and that's that's clarity. Yeah. So especially then uh, Number one. Spelling, <laughs> out, spelling out what the expectations are, totally. you know, so you want to talk a little bit more about that? So,
2: yeah, that's our that's the first pillar of trust. People trust the clear and they mistrust or distrust the ambiguous or the overly complex. And you know, where I was a professor, we want to look complex, right? We want to look smart. Whenever we overcomplexify beyond what is needed, we lose clarity, which always loses trust. The greatest leaders today are the greatest simplifiers, clarity wins, and it's at a different level than most of you are thinking. Most of the marketing experts and strategy experts and branding experts I'm working with d- are not thinking about clarity in the level I'm talking about. I'm talking so simplified and clear. A five-year-old needs to be able to understand yes, it, right? absolutely. Yeah. Um, so clarity, clarity, clarity in, in a lot of ways. I'm going to give you one thing because you talked about attrition or retention. Here's one thing we're finding, new piece of research. If one way to increase retention, There's, first of all, let me say this about clarity. Clarity is massive, clarity of vision, clarity of expectations, clarity of benefits, a clarity of this, that we can spend a whole two days just on clarity in an organization. And when they get clear about uh, things, you know, everything changes, unity, alignment, a host of things. But um, one little tip would be this, we find people stay longer, retention goes up and attrition goes down, If we simply get clear about one thing the employees role and how they win like how did they fit in the mission a lot of people have their job description or whatever but if you can in one sentence say hey i help our mission and organization win by doing this if they can state that know that tie that to the mission that one sentence increases retention one little tip
1: interesting I watched um one of your uh, shows on YouTube. you has got a great YouTube channel. Everybody, be sure and look it up. Um, what this concept of radical candor, and it seems a little bit scary to me, and maybe off-putting <laughs> to some people who aren't necessarily wanting to receive messages that way. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that or the
2: use of it? Well, you know, things often need to be taught to be palatable right mm. so like we have a how 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 process and it, here's how it can sound if someone hasn't been taught it how 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 like you're killing them but when we in our environment like people understand get get to a how that you can do today or tomorrow and everybody knows that's what we're doing when we drill down on how, how, how and we don't do it mainly and we want to keep that number two pillar the compassion pillar there but you have to have this openness um the the radical candor that episode i believe it's the one that is with the ceo or uh, of an organization that really bought into that and actually what they learned was you can go too far also on on certain things so some of these things like i've already said they have to be nuanced i believe um, I don't like it when consultants come in and say, well, it's always this way or it's always this way. In fact, I'm I'm writing a book on tension called tensions these days uh, about how we have to live between tensions, like um, the early bird gets the worm, but be patient. Well, what should I do this time? You know, persevere through the wall or pivot. Some people persevered in the pandemic too far, some people pivoted too early. You can do, you know, one we have to think. On the other hand, I am absolute by something about something, and that is trust it mm-hmm. always 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 is absolute truth trust always is the key driver to a trend now you know uh retention and sale, speeding up sales and all these things but um radical candor it, it, it really just points to this 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 um culture where we can really speak truth hopefully in love but quickly and um There can be really real value to that when there's trust. If there isn't trust, though, it can be off putting, Mm. unfair. It can be if you're not, if you don't show empathy first, there's there's a lot, there's a mix to that. But, you know, the bigger problem is um, many people don't have a safe place for openness and clarity, and it's slowing them down. They don't even know it.
0: So they, th- there's the old axiom that if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So how do you measure trust?
2: Peter Drucker, yeah. So we, you know, back in my grad work, I, I worked with a couple PhDs, and my grad, um, my grad work to. So we, we, in essence, we have six ways we measure trust. Six, six assessment tools we use to measure trust, and we think, you know, uh, I hope without ego, but a whole lot of, you know, work across six continents and across industries, we think they're better than many things, certainly than engagement surveys. You don't get engagement with engagement. You have to increase trust to get engagement. So we have everything from an enterprise trust index that measures trust in a whole organization. Um, you know, 82 questions. Uh, it's built on my grad work and 30 years of Accenture data and all that. All the way down to a customer assessment, simple five question assessment that would compete with a net promoter score. We know you don't get referrals from referrals. You get referrals when you increase trust. So what are the five drivers to get referrals? Uh, down to a self, a, a simple self assessment a team assessment and that you can uh, assess teams and then close gaps. And in 90 days, see, oh, are we increasing trust? So we're increasing efficiency and productivity. So we, you know, we have them, uh, most of them, five of them are actually, you know, on our platform that people can get access to and use if it's a, uh, you know, that's a getting certified and then using them. Uh, As far as how that goes, we certify folks and they can use them in their organization. We have one that is a simple consulting cell um, uh, simple uh, conversational diagnostic that you can just talk through with your leadership theme, these, these uh, you know, 24 questions. And funny enough, you've got all these validated assessments. That one that you just talked through can be as true as anything. Just talking through it with people and saying, yeah, where do you feel like we are? One out of 10. They can all, often come up exactly the same as the whole valid, go online, do all this stuff. So it's interesting. But we've, we're, we're always measuring against our valid framework of the eight pillar framework. So trust is... Built in these eight ways. And so, if people ever see my work, the eight pillar framework, you'll see me say often, You never have a leadership issue, it's a trust issue. You never have, a... I'll also say, You never have a communication issue. Oh, it's communication. No, communication is happening all the time. Clear communication is trusted, clarity pillar. Unclear isn't. Compassion is trusted, hateful communication isn't. High character is trusted, uh, dishonest communication isn't trusted. Competent communication is trusted, incompetent isn't. So when we drive against these eight and measure against these eight, we're really measuring how trust is built and we can actually do something about it. That's the fun of it. We can see trust go up. So how are we, how do you measure integrity? So we take, as far as integrity, which, um, funny enough, people have argued with me that um, Hitler had more uh, integrity than Churchill. So it's also in the definition. That's a whole um, other show right there. Wow. <laughs> right. So, so I can I can tell you this. That's why in my first book, I define character as a mix of integrity and moral character, because you could say, well, Hitler, he got up at a certain time. He didn't even drink coffee. He, he was so absolute. And if integrity is simply being the same in thoughts, words, and actions, he probably did have more. But if you combine it with the person that really saved us from the darkest hour of the 20th century who had some moral character even though he drank late at night and did other things he had a moral character you have to me first of all for the character pillar, you have to you have to put integrity and character together a certain type and uh, then you get what you meant i know and but as far as how do you define that so depending on the assessment we're using we've locked into key behaviors that show that pillar which for us would be the character pillar. So what are the behaviors that show that um, honesty? Or are
0: reading my mind.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, those, so in, a, in our 360 assessment, it's five behaviors that drive care. In our self-assessment, we judge three. In the big enterprise trust index, we're judging the character of our individual leaders and of the organization. So we're just getting to behaviors that ultimately reflect that pillar and the consistency of those. Well, going back to your example, let's n- never confuse predictability with integrity. Absolutely.
1: Hmm. Lee, you also had a question. Out of the eight, which one is consistently the most problematic for leaders of the eight? The well, hardest to achieve.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there there, there are two, clarity and consistency. I mean- okay clarity is so difficult because we're, this world is changing so fast mm. and um and and so it's so hard to be clear i mean i can tell you if if you're not sharing your company's values at least every 14 days nobody's living by them making decisions by them consistently which is the only reason to have them so if, if you're not sharing your vision, because if you're not, you, it, you can lose clarity because of a lack of consistency. So that's the first and last pillar, right? The, so um, clarity is difficult, but clarity, but you can do something about clarity and see results in two weeks. Character wow. might take longer. Commitment might take longer to see clarity is work clarity of um, but I'll give you a little breadth here very simple um, for clarity how it affects each person and how so a leader might not be trusted because they're not clear about the vision a a manager might not be trusted because they're not clear about expectations a salesperson might not be getting sales even though they're super clear about how cool they are Mm -hmm. and how long they've been in business nobody cares as you guys know But they're not clear about the benefits of that product or service to me so i don't buy the school teacher might have compassion and character the kids start to hate the teacher why is that they find out that teacher is unclear about the assignment so the kids go home frustrated so in each of those cases it was a clarity issue the clarity it takes work to keep it um and 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 there's so many messages today this we work on and we get clear and you can see so many things happen alignment speed unity um, sales, you know, getting clear about the right thing. But uh, consistency would just be the other one because, as I said before, if you're late all the time, I'll trust you to be late. You you are trusted for whatever you do consistently. You're predictable, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. so on
0: commitment, though, is like don't you know, don't ask or expect me to be committed if you're not committed. You know, so as yeah, the leader or whatever, if, if yeah, you're absolutely. not committed, I, I, it's like – I
2: had this big – you'd all know the company. I'm asked to keynote at this – big event. I remember it was at Disney, 5,000 salespeople. This new SVP of sales at this company said, I read your first book. I love that chapter on commitment. Can you just go tell my team to be committed, my people to be committed to me? And (laughs) I'll never forget this because I thought he was joking. And then I thought he's serious. And this SVP um, of this massive organization, he got up there in front of those 5,000 people for the first time ever, and I watched him lose his team in 30 seconds with his lack of sincerity, authenticity, and ego. And you, he, he was committed to himself. He got up there. His first talk is all about how they need to make, for, make it about him. And it was like, you're done. And um, so, yes, commitment breeds commitment. When I, I don't usually get it without giving it, but when I give commitment to them, Uh, things change. One other point on commitment. We have a big process for how you rebuild trust, 10 steps, whatever. But I will say something that can be eye-opening for some people. When people ask me, how do you rebuild trust? It is not the apology. You never rebuild trust on the apology. I'm not saying don't apologize. I'm certainly not saying don't be humble. It's critical for trust. But you don't rebuild trust. You only rebuild trust when you make and keep a new commitment. It's the only way you rebuild it. That's I have to see you make and keep a new commitment. You might open the door of communication with that apology. Absolutely. But you don't rebuild it unless you make and keep a new commitment. We have many people say, well, I, I apologize. I'm sorry I'm late. No, you're not sorry you're late. You're late every time, even after you say that. So we just because we say we're sorry doesn't mean we've rebuilt trust, even though you it, it's worth apologizing. And
1: over I don't a remember protracted the source. Length of time, I might add.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't remember the source, but
0: but there's a study then that shows that you know, about 40% of people then will trust you until you, you're you proving yourself untrustworthy. And there's about a third of people that says, no, you have to show me you're trustworthy right. first Absolutely. and demonstrate that before I trust you. So in a case where you've lost trust, you already have the third of people that don't trust you till you've proven it. Then you've got the other b- b- bigger percentage then because you've proven yourself untrustworthy. So now you've pretty much lost almost everybody.
2: Yeah. And the way I, I, we did that actually study. And in the U S side, we asked people, you know, how many of you lead with skepticism? In other words, you have to build trust until you've built it over time, or you lead with trust. In other words, I trust you until you've lost it. The point for leaders under this one though, is you got to do the same thing either way. You got to build trust every day. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if they're this or this. Some people want to say to me, well, those people, they're so skeptical. I can't, you know what? In many cases, Something terrible happened to them before they were 18 years old that wasn't even their fault. And the bottom line is, whether they lead with skepticism or trust, you have to build it every day and you can. This idea that we either have it or we don't is baloney. You can build trust every day. It takes work, but it's the most important work you can be about.
1: Well, your website is trustedge.com. Also, davidhorsager.com for the podcast on there. And then your LinkedIn, dhorsager.com. This has been great. I mean, what an eye opener, and I love the fact that there's real, tangible ROI out of all of this.
2: All Thank all you so much research. for having me. Hey, for just a, just a treat to be with you and uh, share this message, I'm uh, I'm certainly passionate about. Thanks for listening. If
0: you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on
2: iTunes, Overcast, or wherever
0: you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at SalesFuel.com.